We're just ordinary people living ordinary lives Until we see someone on TV win a $25,000 prize Come on down I'll play any game for 10 seconds of fame Come on down I'll make a deal just let me spin the wheel Come on down To win a million bucks all you need is a little luck And thorough knowledge of multiple disparate trivial subjects all right, welcome to another episode of Come On Down, the number one game show podcast in America for game show fans. Wow. And we got that recently, that number one rating. Yeah, that is certified by J.D. Power & Associates. Oh, they do cars as well, right? Yep, absolutely. Cars and game shows. Cars and game show podcasts. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about a game show that was just revived by NBC, The Weakest Link. You all. The weakest link. That was Australian-ish. Goodbye. Good day. <laughs> and uh, there's been two episodes so far. I've watched both of them. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But first, we've got a brand new sponsor yes. that has reached out to us. I think they saw how well um, we've done with with the previous sponsor. Mm-hmm. And they have they sent me over the script just last minute. Um, and it was through the mail, too, which was weird. You told me it was through the yeah, they sent it. In, they sent it in the mail. And they apologize for any typos because they said they were writing this late at night. Mm -hmm. And so there might be some typos typos in it. So read it directly. Do not correct. I would say correct the typos. Oh, okay. I I would just say get the make sure you get in the spirit of it, but also reading it word for word other than the typos that Mm -hmm. might be in here. You have not seen this before, obviously. Only, uh, Only I've seen it so far. So I'm handing you the script right now. And we will... Go ahead and thank our sponsor. Today's episode of Come On Down is brought to you by our good friends at Flybys. Have you ever been in this situation before? You're outside, maybe you're with your family or some friends or your lover, and you're trying to eat. But every time you go to take a bite of your burger or hot dog or coleslaw, there's a fly trying to take a bite too. Of course, that's the absolute worst. It's like, hello flies, this is human food for us humans of which you are not. Right. And between every bite, you're just waving your hand around your food in your face. Get off my plate, fly! But seconds later, it's back. And you're flailing your hand around again. The flies don't seem to be deterred. And you know that you have no chance of ever hitting them. How do you react so fast anyway? But you can't help it. You need to get through this meal, and you're going to continue swiping at the air around your face, food, and plate, all the while knowing deep down that you're accomplishing nothing. It's the same feeling that seemed to swallow you like a tidal wave at that 10-year work anniversary party your office mates threw you in the break room when they presented you with a personalized desk plaque featuring a giant number 10 with your name etched below the company logo, memorializing 10 years when you could have been etching your name into the history books or helping make the world a better place or creating one great work of art that, you would, out, that would outlive you. Another decade lost to the abyss. That's the same helpless feeling that stands between you and your outdoor PB&J sandwich right now. Oh yeah, I hate flies too. I can't wait to hear about how Flybys helps us say bye to those flies. Nope, that's not what it does. Oh. Flybys is the first and only smart wearable device that harnesses the energy created by waving your arms to charge a battery. At just three times larger and seven times heavier than an Apple Watch, (laughs) you'll... 
fit right in with the latest styles while helping pave the way for a sustainable future. After just eight to 10 months worth of outdoor meals, your Flyways will have harnessed enough energy to charge most phones up to 50%. Flyways, when you're eating outside, don't waste energy. That's the tagline. Wow. Wow. I hope whoever wrote this got the help that they need. Dang. It sounds like they're going through some difficult stuff. Three times larger and seven times heavier. That's not bad. So we're talking probably over a pound on your on your wrist. Right. It's just like, a, I think it's like a picture like Zach Morris cell phone size. Okay. Just on your wrist. Wow. But I mean, after eight to 10 months, you can charge your phone up to 50%. And that's, and that's a baby is born uh, around that same time. Eight to 10 months. You could have a baby. You could have 50% of a phone charge. Wow. So thanks again to Flybys for sponsoring us. Now, let's get into the meat of this thing, the outdoor, the yum, outdoor yum, yum, meat yum, yum. of this thing, you know, mm. waving those flies away. I want to take a bite out of this British PB&J right now. Woohoo. So, Weakest Link, this is our first show that we've discussed on this program that did not originate in America. Why are we doing it? Because... This is an American podcast made in America by two Americans. Right. But, I mean, people can listen to a podcast anywhere in the world. What? Yeah. It's uh, on the World Wide Web. Okay. So, that's what WWW means. No, I don't think that's okay. related at all. It means wow, wow, wee, wow, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it meant wild, wild west. <laughs> um, so yeah, the weakest link actually originated. I don't know if you'll believe this. In jolly old England. Wow, that's what they talk like there. All by of the them way, have the same exact. It's, it's like so many countries, it's, but they all have the it's same. It's hilarious. Exact, yes, yeah. um, it debuted there on BBC. Mm-hmm. Daytime. Should I do the whole podcast like that? I think you should. Okay. On 14th August 2000. And that You're was... like, you know what you sound like right there? You sound like a high school kid who's in a Shakespeare play and they're trying so hard to sound like an authentic. Thank you. That's honestly one of the You're greatest welcome. compliments I've ever received. I'm very good at compliments. So it, it debuted in the UK and this was... I remember we talked about in a previous episode in the 90s when uh, they couldn't really have any prizes in game shows in the UK. Mm-hmm. So this was shortly after they started allowing them to have win more than $1,000 on uh, or $1,000 okay. pounds on Because there's 1000 pounds per round. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it the, the way the game show worked, there were nine contestants. A lot. A lot of contestants. So there were nine contestants and... There was they were trying to create a chain of correct answers to build up a bank of money. And so for each correct question they got, mm-hmm. uh, it would start at, you know, 100 pounds. And then the next one is 200 pounds. And the next one is 500 pounds. And at any point before a question is asked, the next person in line can say bank. And whatever money they've gotten up to at that point is added to their bank. Mm-hmm. But it then goes back down to zero. And you're starting the chain over again. And if you get whatever it is, seven or eight questions in a row right, you get to the end of the chain and you bank the maximum money for that round. Of course, there's a time limit per round. Yeah. And then at the end of the round, you have all the money in your bank, either the end of the time limit or if you've reached the maximum, which very rarely happened. Yeah, I didn't see that a lot. Then... All of the contestants submit a vote for who 
is the weakest link. Mm -hmm. And that person who is voted the weakest link is then booted off the show. Mm -hmm. And forced to do a walk of shame. Right past the host. All of them. Right past the whole rest of the crew. And then they give a little testimonial. Oi, governor, those mates were out there to bloody get me the whole time. Or whatever it is. It was it was what was weird is when I watched the testimonials, they all were exactly that. Yeah, I mean it was a com- that was a common. They weren't coach, which was weird. Yeah, that was that was just a very common uh, complaint amongst people to governors. Um, and I mean that was pretty much the show. Ten seconds were taken off for the next round. Uh, there's one fewer person, and then they went around again doing the exact same thing. And at the end of every round, there was a vote until there were only two people remaining. And then they fought with swords? No. Oh. No, no, no. Um, You're thinking of medieval times. I am. Yeah. That's right. But. Which is weird because I I kind of flipped it. There's no trivia in medieval times. However, when I go, I usually do scream out trivia answers to what I think they're asking down in in the court down there. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of. Just the, the feel you're getting from, right. from I'm each just like, situation. Right, I'm Biv. Okay. Um, my nose is very itchy right now. I'm sorry. Um, so when it got down to two people, they would do one final round with just the two of them. And then obviously they would each vote the other person as the weakest link. So they don't do the vote in that situation. What they do instead is they go to a final round that is kind of like a... Uh, penalty kicks in soccer. Those are are the best parts of soccer. Um, It's each of them are asked five questions alternating and whoever has the most correct after five questions, or if I get the first three right and you miss the first three, you can't possibly catch me. You're out. So you lose. I win in such a scenario. And the winner gets all the money that was banked throughout the game to that point. Mm Mm-hmm. That was the game. The most notable po- part of the game was not any of those rules or the no, that sounded stri- boring, strategy to be or anything like that. The most notable point of the game was Anne Robinson. Mm-hmm. Anne Robinson was the host of The Week's Link. And she had some level of fame in the UK for various other journalism type of pursuits. And she mm-hmm. was the host of kind of like a consumer watchdog show in the UK, I guess kind of like inside edition or something like that, or one of those shows where they expose businesses. Yeah, exactly. We disconnected one simple power cable in this air conditioning unit and then had an air conditioner repairman come out and see what he'd charge us for that. Mm -hmm. It turns out he said we needed $3,000 of various repairs and blah, 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 blah. When we contacted the company, they had no response except to say that their qualified technicians were always doing the best to maximize the consumer experience. Mm-hmm. That type of show, you know? Yeah. Um, and so she was kind of famous for hosting one of those. I guess she had a very blunt persona with, you know, these these companies. You have to. They were if screwing you're gonna consumers. You're going to be a hard-hitting like muckraker. Current day muckraker. Muckraker. You've got to wow. go in hard. Nice term. Kind of a, an Upton Sinclair type, if you will. Right. It, what's it called? The Jungle? The Jungle, yeah. That yeah. Was his, his and it was book. all about... Mowgli mm-hmm. and... And the big old Ka- bear. Baloo. Baloo. 
and the bare necessities. The bare necessities. And that helped get us a 40-hour work week in the United States. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. So she went from that show to this show, and she was probably more blunt than ever on this show. And that was the appeal of it. Mm -hmm. She was... Uh, I mean, people on this show from time to time are very dumb or they wow. get stressed under the pressure mm -hmm. and miss questions that they should know or that are easy or right. they misinterpret. Why are you looking at your phone as something more important than what we're doing right now? Well, no, Jonda might be coming home and I'm going to have to pause and then we'll... So yes, more, that's more important than this? Yes. Okay. Um, that's fair. So she was quite blunt with the people. She would criticize people for getting... Uh, answers incorrect that she yeah. thought that they should have gotten correct she would criticize them based on their job their appearance mm -hmm. anything usually just mental basically. acuity which is the yeah. hardest because you're kind of just born with you're just whatever you've got dumb. you can't sorry really, you I mean, were you born can learn dumb. but these people are grown adults yeah. Nobody's really learning a whole bunch of new information or ways to absorb information you got a dumb sponge in your head and that's about it. You can't do anything from that. There's no watering left. It's crusty. It's old. It's falling apart. You're dying day by day. And your brain is atrophying after you're 20 years old. So it's very simple. Wow. Um, all right. <laughs> kind of. Sorry, I'm just trying to process all that. Yeah. It's hard because your, my sponge your brain is has been atrophying since you're 20 years exactly. old. So it's probably parts are falling off. So she kind of became an international star from this, basically, from insulting people mm -hmm. and mocking them for getting questions incorrect on a question-answering show. And she, of course, had the famous catchphrase, you are the weakest link, goodbye. Mm -hmm. And that was, said, that was said every time somebody got eliminated mm -hmm. and then they would have to walk by her and then do their little testimonial right. in the backstage. And she would give them a, a swift kick on the back of their legs. No, I don't think she they would, would that. stumble a little bit and then she would laugh at you and spit at your feet and wow. then you would walk. Oh, sorry. These are my notes for make it better. Okay. Sorry, we're not okay. there yet. Okay, got it. So basically it aired in the UK, like I said, daytime on the BBC. The prize money was not super significant. I think it was 10,000 pounds was the maximum prize that you could win in that pounds I guess. of what no that's pounds their of gold no 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 if could you if it was ten thousand pounds of gold that'd be a phenomenal prize right you'd be rich i mean you it's would like be Scrooge mcduckin over there uh-huh no not 80 bucks what <laughs> like i don't know millions of bucks probably millions of bucks interesting so ten thousand pounds uk their british currency over there are you Googling how much 10,000 pounds of gold is worth right now? Yes. Because <laughs> if it's 80 bucks, I'm going to be pretty upset. <laughs> um, and and I, I guess it was the maximum per round was 1,000 pounds. And so so over the 10 rounds, you could accumulate 10,000 pounds. You could make more than 1,000, right? That was just the highest No, chain. once it got to 1,000, the round was over. Oh, okay. um, the, no matter how much time was left, that ended the round. I never once saw that. So and then they had to rule. vote for a weakest link. And it was like, I, well, we got the maximum amount of money. I don't think anybody was holding us back here. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, And then I also did a weekly version where it was a 50,000-pound maximum. The show was quite successful. Like I said, gained her some international acclaim. So it wasn't long after that 
over here in the U.S., we decided to copy it and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, get her over here on this side of the pond. Also, we didn't just re-show BBC clips. There was a completely different American yes, version. Yes, we made an American okay. version of the show less than a year later. So this debuted on August 14th, 2000 on BBC. And then it debuted on April 16th, 2001 in the U.S., yeah, it was probably the most notable thing to happen in the year 2001 in the U.S., in fact. Um, the it, it debuted over here on NBC. It was just a, a standard nighttime weekly show. It was shortly after Who Wants to Be a Millionaire Oof. debuted on ABC and had you know a huge following. It became a huge cultural phenomenon. This was kind of the next weeknight game show cultural phenomenon in the U.S. was The Weakest Link. But... It didn't last very long. Um, it, like I said, premiered April 16th, 2001, and it was canceled July 14th, 2002. So just over a year it okay. ran in the U.S. Uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire ran for several years with Regis. This one was only a little over a year. And there was also a syndicated version in the U.S. that I think started in early 2002 a daily syndicated version with a lower prize pool that only ran for about a year, a year and a half as well. Um, in the U.S., the difference is, of course, the prize was a maximum of a million dollars instead of 50,000 pounds. I don't know what the conversion rate was at the time, but it certainly wasn't 50,000 pounds as a million dollars. Right. Um, because we do it big over here. Right. All right. We don't screw around. Even though I never saw one get no, they never got much close. higher than 70,000. Um, but and there were only eight contestants rather than nine in this one, and that's because of the conversion rate. Because of the conversion, yeah, exactly. Of eight, eight in America, yeah, eight humans. humans here is worth nine humans in the UK, <laughs> right? And they uh, so the final round where it was just the two people head to head, it was double the money. So each each previous round was one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars possible maximum. Mm-hmm. Whereas that one was 250000 possible maximum. Dang. So that was the show. Um, like I said, it was a big cultural phenomenon at the time that it debuted in the U.S. I mean, You Are the Weakest Link Goodbye was everywhere. Oh, yeah. It was probably in all of those uh, Farrelly Brothers really terrible uh parody films, like the scary movie, epic movie. <laughs> to, okay. I guarantee there was... Some you are the weakest link goodbye as mm-hmm. the absolutely hilarious punchline and so some funny. jokes there because there's nothing funnier than that. Um, and she kept the exact same persona that we saw in the UK version. She was mean. She was biting. Mm-hmm. She uh, was a little bit no holds barred. And she kept her British accent too, which I thought was an interesting choice. Yeah, I mean, you like if if you think of like House or something like that, you know, he has the respect. For our country right. and our culture mm-hmm. to come over here and start talking like us. Assimilate or get out. Exactly. She had... Maybe that's why it was canceled after a year. I mean, she was hard to understand. Yeah. Um, she she just wasn't one of us, right. you know? She made Which, it easy to hate her, though, however, on the other flip side there. Because we hate British people. That So she was a fun... You know, person. She was like the. Uh, we did fight a war we, to get them out of here, and then they're coming back and insulting us. It's like, come back with a new sounding voice, or GTFO. 
because that was our main. The reason that we fought the Revolutionary War, little known fact, mm-hmm. we didn't like the way they talked. Really? Yeah. And I mean, sure, they made these slogans like taxation without representation just because it rhymed. Like, no accents without crack censor. You know, there's nothing there, right. you know? So so we fought a war for this. So I, I think maybe it just wasn't as embraced as well in the U.S. Um, in all seriousness, though, I think there's a bit of a difference between the British comedic sensibility and the American comedic sensibility. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer the British comedic sensibility a Dry little bit. and mean. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... That's why I like my meat. Dry and mean? Yeah, when I go and order steaks, I go up to the guy at Whole Foods and I go, he goes, what can I get for you? And I, uh, that, uh, that ribeye looks good. Do you, have any, do you have any dry and mean slices? And he goes, I swear to God, if you come back, I'm going to kick you out again. You do this every Saturday, man. I don't know what your deal is, but you need to get out. You and are I go, the weakest link. Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> like, wow. You know what's crazy? I'm doing a podcast on that. I will see you next Saturday, Jim. I'll be in a different wig. Wow, you've got wigs. Well, I mean, they kick me out every week. Okay, that's fair. That's that's reasonable. But yeah, so there, I think there's a little bit of uh, comedic sensibility. I think Americans can't quite handle it as well. Oh, wow. So you're calling us basically weak babies. Yeah, I've always been on the British side in this argument. Um, I fought for the British in the Revolutionary you War. You did. In a couple of video games. So you were a... A, a red coat. A red, what does red and blue make when you mix them together? Purple. So you were a purple coat? I, yeah, sure. I guess. Um, I like purple. Donatello was my favorite Ninja Turtle. Um, so I, I think it probably, again, there was definitely a lot of novelty about it when it came over. There was a lot of excitement. There, People tuned in because of Anne Robinson, because they wanted to see her insult people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think probably that lost its charm a little bit to Americans. Uh, and the ratings fell off. I think in the UK that was that's just their style of humor. There, it's you know serious, straight, mm-hmm. dry, sarcastic, and and it worked a little better because, um, like I said, it debuted in 2000. There, it ran until 2012. Uh, wow! It had 1,693 episodes in the UK. Damn, a lot. Um, and she hosted it the entire run. So, so she was there for 12 years telling people they're the weakest link. So I thought that was pretty impressive for the, for the UK version. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also um, read a little bit about the strategy of the game. So Don't new, be dumb. Well, that's one, of the, that's one of the two strategies. Okay. So the other strategy, there was an article in New Scientist magazine. That sounds like a fake magazine. It's a real magazine. It's like real science. So New Scientist. So these are like young guys that haven't like cut their teeth. Yeah, it's like like Sports Illustrated for kids, but for science. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think it's just a general science magazine where people publish their learnings and findings and things like that. They call it that. General science magazine where people publish their learnings and findings. Well, I mean, maybe they've gone under a rebranding since, but okay. so they published an article about the statistical best strategies. So this is kind of like how now in sports we see a lot more analytic based mm-hmm. decisions like going for it on fourth down or 
two-point conversions or shooting more three-pointers or things like that. There's like a completely new baseball statistic. Right. Like two of them are new ones just in the past like five years. There's like a thousand new ones in the yeah. past five years. Wow. Um, so New Scientist magazine had some scientists do some research and they decided that uh, based on probabilities and everything, the best strategies mm -hmm. for banking were... Can I guess? Let me guess. Okay. I'm going to go with every three you bank and start over. So interestingly, it seemed that contestants generally fell into that mode of operation. They would mm -hmm. either do every three and bank or every two and bank for yeah. the most part, it seemed. However, New Scientist magazine said that the correct strategy was either bank after every single correct answer or don't bank until six correct answers in a row. I mean, I never once saw six correct answers in a row. It was quite rare. Uh, it was quite just rare. just saying though, like in a vacuum, that's those two right. strategies. Based, based on somebody missing and the money getting reset. So either go all in or right. be super conservative. Those are their two. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Those are the two best strategies to maximize your potential winnings. So that way, with the first strategy, you are never losing out on any of the money from the questions that you've answered correctly. Yeah. And the second strategy, if you are going to risk your money, risk it until you get... Because it wasn't like they the money went like 100, 200, 300, 400, 500, 600. It went 100, 200, 500, 1,000, you know, 1,500, mm -hmm. whatever, at least on the U.S. version where the prizes were much larger than yeah. the daytime BBC version. So those were the, the, the correct statistical probability-based strategies that New Scientist magazine came up with. I'm glad, honestly, that we've got our top scientists working on stuff like this when, you know, cancer and AIDS, AIDS and things are out there mm. because who cares about those things? They aren't affecting my nighttime TV watching, whereas I want to make fun of people for doing bad strategies on game shows. Agreed. And I think what's interesting is, and I, I read Old Scientist magazine, and I came uh -huh. across this article that said the best strategy for getting AIDS is to either wear a condom every single time you have sex or never wear a condom every time you have sex. Every sixth time? Every, every sixth time you have sex, wear a condom, and you're almost guaranteed to get AIDS wow. that way. Oh, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I would think three times. I would think every third time. You would think every third time? Yeah, every third time. Condom, I think see, would, that's would not. Be the time yeah. to do it. And that's what most people do, too, which is interesting. Huh. Well, so yeah, that's that's what New Scientist magazine had to say about mm -hmm. about their stuff. Um, Anne Robinson retired from the role in 2012. The show went off the air at that point. They did one special charity episode in 2017 in the UK, and otherwise, it's been off air since then. It's been off air in the US since uh, 2003 when the Daily Syndicated version got canceled. That didn't even finish uh, feature Anne Robinson. It featured some I don't know nobody. Nobody cares who he is, <laughs> but. Jane Robinson has uh, Jane. Or Jane. Anne? I'm combining uh, our Jane next Austin. host. Yeah, Jane Austen. She wrote some great books. <laughs> Anne Robinson had, despite what I said was kind of the UK tolerance for a little more meanness and stuff like that, she still has had some share of controversy in the UK. Oh, yes. Generally, not directly related to. The weakest link, but she did 
Um, she just yell at old people on the street. Yeah, the same sort of stuff. Oh my God. Um, she did uh, kind of make fun of some guy's dead dog on the show one time, which seemed maybe a little bit below the belt. Um, it's below the ground. She, yeah, yes. Hopefully, I guess. Unless he, what if he? What do you think people the, do with dead dogs? Um, you could uh, taxidermy it. Have you ever seen a taxidermy dog? You don't think anybody's ever taxidermied their pet dog? Is that what you're and saying? And then buried it. No, I bet you people have taxidermied their pet dogs and kept them in their house. <laughs> That's so weird. I'll do it. You'll you will to my stuff family members. Your dog with what do they even use? Um, Legos. Legos? You think they do use they? Legos? Do you know how expensive Legos are? That would be the worst. <laughs> That's so inefficient. Legos are like a billion dollars. One Death Star is like $500. Yeah. And what's weird is that you have to make it first and then kind yeah, of Yeah, you like, build the Lego. It's you, like the opposite of a... You build a Lego dog. <laughs> and then you stretch <laughs> And then you stretch the, the skin over it. That's right. Over it. Mm-hmm. This is a very, take a very Silence of the Lambs turn. Um, Buffalo Bill. The... She also... There was one woman who was a prison guard who was a contestant on the show, mm-hmm. and she kind of implied that she must be lesbian because she's a prison guard. Wow. Which... Let me watch it. I don't... I don't know. I mean... Interesting. But I, I don't think that you can just the make assumptions like that based on professions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she got in a little bit of trouble for that. None of these led to the cancellation of the show or her firing or anything like that. She was also a big supporter of fox hunting, which I guess in the... Sounds pretty dope. It, uh, it's illegal now. At least is, in is the it UK. Really is? In 2004, it was outlawed. You can't just let a fox go, let your bloodhound... Do they use bloodhound dogs? I don't know. Have you seen the yeah, fox and the be. hound? Yeah, it's fox and the hound. They're good friends, though. So what happens is you let your dog go, the bloodhound your... finds the fox, they establish a friendship, and you go and you shoot the fox in the face. The whole friendship is part... You have to train your dog to befriend a fox... Because that's all part of the ruse. That's all part of the experience. So that movie was based on the actual process of fox hunting. Exactly. I didn't realize that. Okay. See, at the time, that was one of my favorite movies as a child. Mm-hmm. And because I loved it when the fox got killed at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, no, it was really one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh, yeah. It was great. But uh, it was one of the movies. Because, because the first 90% of it was awesome. Of course. And then I'm a dumb kid. I don't really understand the... You know, implications the, the, of the of yeah, the end. The hunt has got to end. Yeah, so she was very much in favor of fox hunting, which I don't believe was a necessarily very popular position. I think generally, just kind of like old, stuffy, rich white people mm-hmm. were like that go tut tut, or were the only people that were in favor of fox hunting. Okay, because um, I think. And do they say that just in general, like? conversation or is that do they constantly chant it as they're hunting the fox Was both it? yes a lot of tut tutting <laughs> and i don't know I, I feel like i've got a great visual in my mind of like what you'd wear on a fox hunt okay let's okay i'm gonna do mine you say you say yes or no if you're thinking the same thing. okay black pants either leather or cloth with like the extended hips on the side uh-huh okay Long black leather boots that are real tight. Yep, absolutely. Okay. A red shirt, maybe tucked into the pants. Probably, yeah. And for some reason, you have a, a whip that you use for your horse. I was thinking kind of a more of a khaki shirt, like okay. a khaki colored shirt, 
but otherwise very similar hat. There's got to be a, a weird, yeah, like a like a weird like helmet type of hat like they wear when they do like dressage or things right. like that. So it kind of looks like a skateboarding helmet. It's not a bike helmet, yeah. But it's got the the flat uh-huh. and the yeah, exactly. Yep, that's what you wear when you're fox hunting. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in my mind about that. No. Um, also, when you're people hunting, like most dangerous game style, yeah, same outfit. But that one you have a you have a like a GPS tracker because you've implanted it. Well, yeah. You can't let them get away. Obviously. <laughs> escape. So so she was big in favor of it. And I believe she at one like, point. Is she going to rallies or did she just like in one thing be like, yeah, I fox on No, no, no. I mean, she held like a fund, a, a weakest link themed fundraiser in favor of fox hunting. And she <laughs> said that all opponents of fox hunting should be jailed. <laughs> And I'm not joking. These are not like, <laughs> like I've been ma- I've been saying a lot of things that are lies on this show. That was not a lie. That wow. was a real thing that happened that she said. And also, she kind of defended Harvey Weinstein. Um, back in the day, or like recently? Ba- yeah, back in the day when he got arrested for raping all those people. Oh my god. Um, she said that back in her day, women had to deal with all sorts of this hanky panky stuff in the workplace, and they just slapped the men and told them to, oh, you calm down. And so uh, people interpreted that as uh, victim blaming Mm -hmm. just because of, I mean, which isn't fair because all she was doing was blaming the victims. Right. And those words are. And that's different. She was blaming the victim. She wasn't victim blaming. Um, So, but that was after obviously the show was canceled. So she couldn't get fired for doing that. Smart. Um, Say controversial stuff when you're not in business. Right. But also, I mean, that is a pretty stupid thing to say mm-hmm. also the fox hunting thing all the things i've just talked about were stupid things to say what if she do you think she like had sex with a producer to get on the show and she just like belittled his penis size the entire time and he was like you're hired babe i mean it's not outside the realm of possibility yeah um he was kind of a a masochist mm. is that what that, that was that's called? uh yeah right you like being Torture. Yeah, that's masochism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What's sadomasochism? So they go hand in hand. A sadist is somebody who derives pleasure from the torturing, and a masochist is somebody who okay, derives so like pleasure from being like a dom or whatever? Tor- yeah, it's like the dom-sub relationship. Okay. This is this podcast has taken an interesting turn. Well, that was just a quick aside. I just yeah. need to know what to call it when I'm being getting yeah. the shit beat that, out of that me. That makes sense. Okay. So... Like I said, it went off the air in 2012. Uh, they did a, one special episode in 2017. But now, in the U.S., mm-hmm. on NBC, Tuesday nights... Wait, don't tell me. We stole a show idea from British people. Well, no. We stole a show idea from ourselves that we had previously stolen from oh. British people. The Weakest Link is back, baby, is okay. what I'm trying to tell you. Is that what it's called? No, it's just called Weakest Link. By the way, which is weird, in the U.K., it is called The Weakest Link. Mm-hmm. In the U.S., it is called Weakest Link. Do you think that they got out, got out from playing like copyright? There's no way because it's the exact same show with the same host. <laughs> like, I don't know why there's no the, but there was no the in the U.S. version, which I found hey, a little confusing. Drop the the. It's cleaner. Ooh. You know what's... Hey, 50,000 pounds isn't cool. You know what's cool? A million dollars. It doesn't quite work quite as well. <laughs> it doesn't, no. Um, yeah. But can you, I can imagine Justin Timberlake saying that. I think he is a consultant that comes in and helps name stuff. And they're like, that guy is great. And then one guy in the back's like, he, 
you guys realize he's just telling you to drop the the right? And you're like, <gasps> Justin Timberlake or Sean Parker, the the Napster. They're guy. both they're both at the same they time both doing do, it. Okay. Yeah. He, Sean Parker goes drop the and Timberlake goes the. Ooh, I like that. That's, yeah, that's clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it, I guess it's just called Weakest Link. But anyway, it's back. It's on NBC. It's not hosted by Ann Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest change. It's like a taller Ann Robinson. A significantly taller Ann Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jane Lynch is the host now. Mm-hmm. She's famous from other things. Like, like Glee. Glee. She was on Glee. She was on Party Down. Oh, yes. Great show, which she left to be on Glee, which was kind of a bummer. But I get it from a money perspective. Yeah. Um, she was in Role Models, right? Wasn't she the principal? Yeah, she was in Role Models. She was the first thing I ever saw her in, or that I remember ever seeing her in, was um, Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, same. Um, she was so she was her first. What was that? Was that, that a text me. message? It wasn't me. Oh, maybe it was me. I don't know. Um, she holy shit it's Jane she's saying yep Lynch uh, the first thing I was in was in 40 year old virgin that's crazy okay. no she was in a frosted flakes commercial that was directed by Christopher Guest and then he was doing some of his movies later on down the line and he was like what about that woman in that frosted flakes commercial that I did <laughs> and put her in like best in show um, and that was kind of her her big break I guess but and she, she's movie. recently hosted Celebrity Game Night. Yeah, it's like um, charades, right? Yeah, they do ver- a variety of games like that. Yeah, okay. game night type of games on TV with celebrities. Yeah. Um. So this isn't necessarily her first game show hosting type of gig. She's versed. She's she's very well versed, I would say, and I like her. I think um, as as an actress, as a comedian, I enjoy Jane Lynch, and I hate her hosting this show. I kind of agree. Um, it's pretty much the same exact show as before. Eight contestants. The difference is the chains start at like twenty five thousand dollars, and they or the maximum is like twenty five thousand okay. dollars in yeah. round one, and then it's like fifty thousand dollars in round two, and it goes up. It still eventually adds up to a million dollars. They don't do the final two people head to head round in this one. They just go straight to the penalty five kicks five. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, those are the only differences really. Except that it's hosted by Jane Lynch now, and I don't think she works very well as a host for this show. I can't tell if the problem is that the show really only worked because of Ann Robinson, or because she's kind of doing a soft impersonation of what Ann Robinson did. Yeah. Because it's not... She, she tries to do the same kind of general, sort of insulting type of things, but... It's done with much more of a wink and yeah. a ribbing like you'd kind of do with your friends and a smile and a little tug. Yeah. I don't know about tugs, you but don't. with my friends. Whenever we, yeah. Whenever we like joke, I'll no. give you like a quick oh, tug yeah, on the yeah. shirt. Okay. But it it's, and it's a little more, it's a little more general and vague and less personal. And I get it. I don't think in 2020 you could necessarily get away with that. I think we've got... I think you could. You think so? I think we've got too many bullying issues and trigger warnings and things like that that I don't know if we as a society have a sense of humor anymore to deal with that. Here's the thing, though. I 
agree. I think it's it's much harder to get away with a style of show like that. But there's always one or two examples in times like this that go against the grain that work because everything else is right. not going that That's way. That's fair. I think this could do it because it's not super mean. It's a, it's a, I think two things would work for its favor. One, it's a game show. So people are already, it's like game, it's kitschy. It's not right. like, you know, an edgy comedy or something where you know, it might be kind of hard to get away with that. And also it's Jane. Right. Uh, we've we've lovable, already accepted her. We right. know her. We've seen her background stuff. We know she's goofy, funny. She's got the glee background. You know, it's like people, she's, we know she's goofy. So I think she could get away with, with harder stuff. But I think, I think that might be part of the problem is that we know her personality. We already like her. She's already likable that when she says the insulting things, we're kind of more like, oh, Jane. Oh, yeah, no, I agree like, completely. I, I, it doesn't work for me or you because of that. I totally agree. But I think if she were to go mean, I think it would work. Okay. It could. I, I mean, my suggestion is to just not even try that. To just do her own thing and... Goofy fun, Jane? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I would say just embrace who she is instead of trying to replicate the way it was done in the past that I don't think is necessarily working with her style or with her personality or with who we know her to be. It's, it's like when you try beyond meat or a quinoa burger, you've had the burger first. You know what that tastes like. It is enjoyable. You like that. You like that. This is kind of like that. And then you try a, knock off not quite the same watered down version it's not good but it's better for you is but jane lynch better for you no that's the thing that's like nutrition doesn't play a part in this metaphor because okay. if you could stop getting text messages i'm sorry i don't know who some, somebody should know how important you know what? this is right now i am playing a prank and i've hidden iphones all over the apartment damn it that's and a they're good gonna one. go off that's a good prank um but yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And that, that is kind of what it feels like a quinoa, a quinoa burger of Jane is the quinoa burger show. of game shows. Yeah. So, so I think for that, in that scenario, it, it just doesn't work as well for me. Um, I do, like I said, I watched the first two episodes. I watched the guy who won the first show. I hated him. Uh, he, Oh, the guy with the handlebar mustache. Yeah. Who like bragged about how he knew Star Trek. Uh, Klingon, Klingon. Mm-hmm. and spoke it twice. Yeah, it was, and it was really cute both times <laughs> and endearing. Um, yeah, didn't like that guy. The second episode, uh, there was an interesting strategy that took place, but what was interesting to me was that nobody ever said it. So, and this is a strategy that I think in the history of the game it has been used to varying degrees. There was one woman on the show. Who was an idiot? The she, model? No, that was the first episode. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she she was voted off in the second, second round or something, round, yeah. right? There on the second episode, there was another woman who was just she knew nothing. She was bad at answering questions, <laughs> and it was very clear very early on. And almost nobody ever voted for her. And when it got down to the final three, I knew, obviously. These people are going to vote for each other 
because they want to face her in the final. And I mean, that was exactly what happened. She was the deciding vote of who got to be in the final because of that. Yeah. Of who got to embarrass her because she missed every single question she was asked. Did she, did she show any signs of knowing or understanding what was happening? I mean, she generally seemed to, I guess, yeah, understand how the game worked. Oh, that people weren't voting for her yeah. because she was, no, no, no. She, because at the end, when she gave her little testimonial or whatever, she was like, yeah, I think I stuck around because of my charm and charisma. And I was like, no, it was because you were dumb and people <laughs> knew that they wanted to face you at the end is why you stuck around. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was, it was pretty interesting to see that strategy pretty clearly unfolding. Like when there were five people left is when I like, because I was like, why is nobody voting this woman off? And then when it got down to like the final five, I was like, oh, they all just want to face her in the finals. And that was what happened. And the person who faced her, she got zero questions right in the finals. So, so do you think from a contestant point, a, a risky, but potentially payoff strategy is to appear super dumb the entire time? Maybe. And, and the then just turn it on at the end. <laughs> you're like, um, E equals MC squared. Because you're smart. Next question. Okay. Yeah. Smart people usually <laughs> and, just say. And the question was, who won Super Bowl 32? Equals <laughs> MC squared. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting because, as you mentioned in the first episode of this new reboot, there was um, a woman who was a model who mm-hmm. did not answer questions very well, who was just voted off in the second round right away after yeah. missing a couple easy questions. This woman on episode two was missing easy questions and. For the most part, people kept not voting for her because they were trying to eliminate their competition or more middling people rather than the person who they could easily beat in the finals. It's kind of impressive if you think about it because these other seven people are all employing the same strategy without talking about it, without directly saying anything. I mean, that's... The more impressive part to me is that all these people were seem to be on the same exact page. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, it obviously paid off at the end. The the winner ended up winning, you know, fifty one thousand dollars or something like that. Which again is nowhere close to the million dollars because nobody ever gets no. anywhere close to that. But yeah, the other things, I mean, so we're in uh pandy time, so there is no audience, so there is a laugh track. Mm. Good. <clears throat> which made me very uncomfortable um, because it's quite obviously a laugh track. And instead of doing a lot of the more personal insulting stuff, Jane Lynch does like between every round when the voting is about to happen, yeah, she will say almost always exactly two questions that are kind of like, whose train didn't make it to the right stop? Whose light bulb is burned out? Mm-hmm. We'll find out on the weakest link or whatever, like that kind of question that I guess the writers of the show, that is their only job is to come up with a million of those things because right. she does it twice per round. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's kind of that. And then she says one of those things and then laugh track happens. And I feel like I'm watching the Big Bang Theory at times because it's like, that's not very funny. And mm-hmm. now I've got fake people laughing on cue dead sometimes i say that there are dead people because they use laughs from earlier studio days and people and sometimes they will only use the laughs of dead people that's an interesting point 
Um, it was a laugh track of dead people that got Lyndon Baines Johnson elected, <laughs> actually. There's quite a, a history to that. Um, yeah, so the laugh track makes me uncomfortable because, again, it's... On every show with a studio audience, there is fake laughter, of course, or mm. people that are laughing because of the situation they're in or because of flashing signs or whatever it is. But with a laugh track, it just makes it a little bit weirder. And I, I get why they did it. They intend to have a studio audience for this show. They can't right now, and they want to have the show on. So um, so they resorted to the laugh track. But it just feels like, it feels like um, I don't know, you know, a, a cult leader or somebody like that, whenever how people like, have you, uh, have you been watching the vow on HBO? No, you need to. Okay. Um, it is a show about a cult. It is, uh, a docu series about a cult, a cult that you've probably heard of. Yeah. What is it? Um, well, well, so it's called Nexium. You might not have heard the name, but it was, so this girl who was on Smallville, was arrested for leading like a sex recruiting ring cult, which was the only way I ever heard of it in the past a few years ago when this happened. But so this, this show is all about that and their cult leader. And you know how they always say like, Oh, it's like, you know, some like good looking charismatic guy. No, this one is not at all. Uh, He's a schlubby looking short, chubby, uh, George Costanza. Not. Yeah. A little bit George, except he has a ponytail. He's got long Uh hair and he plays... So it's like the guy in Tiger King, the one, the guy that had the... the he basically had all those young girls. Yes. Yeah, he he looks a lot like Doc Antle. Yeah, yes. yeah. He looks a lot like Doc Antle. And he he has he has this long ponytail, and he'll, he plays um, volleyball, like, at least once or twice a week. They get... At night, they get together and all play volleyball. And then he has a headband on top of his big ponytail thing and the combo just it doesn't even look good at all yeah. you've already got the ponytail just make your ponytail tight you don't need a headband right um and and anytime he talks like so making this a podcast about the vow now um it they kind of targeted and recruited a lot of hollywood adjacent type of people or struggling actors or those type of people I think you will. I think it's just the kind of thing where people who are struggling to get work, they're dealing with rejection and things like that, and you accept them. Yeah. Um, I think that's how it worked out. But so one of these guys who joined in, you know, 2005 or something, who defected, he was a filmmaker, and so he was like their official videographer. So he has just years and years oh, and wow. years of video from inside. And so this show, you're seeing just hours and hours of footage of him speaking to people at the volleyball games and their retreats and things like that. And it started as kind of a, a self-help group type of thing. And he was giving them this, their self-help platform. But this is a guy who started as a leader of uh, an MLM. He, he ran an MLM in the yeah. early 90s that got investigated by the government and shut down because it was a pyramid scheme like all these beach body and uh religion rodin and fields what (laughs) is it religion a pyramid scheme religion yeah yeah so it got shut down by the government and then he moved into this self-help thing and basically just used the same strategies of multi-level marketing schemes to recruit for his cult it's basically Mm -hmm. they're doing self-help classes with people and it's 
that's their training. And then once they've taken enough classes to get up to a certain level, now they're able to teach the classes to other people. So after they've paid thousands and thousands of dollars, it's like improv, basically. You pay a bunch of money to take classes so you can be paid very little money to teach classes. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And so there, there's all this footage of him kind of talking about what he must think are like profound insights. And because these people follow him, they just, agree. you know, just agree and buy into it. And it's, yeah. it's just like the most basic stuff. Like, you know, if you, if you, if you're struggling to deal with rejection, you've mm. got to think about what, why am I putting these negative feelings out there? And what, mm. what is it that I need? Why do I need to be accepted? Why am I seeking validation from these people? Cause and I'm people human. are like, Oh, oh. And it's like, yeah, he just defined what rejection is. <laughs> this is not some insight. He's a very smart guy. Um, I was going to say, I was waiting for something because you are either very charismatic or you're very smart. He's very smart. Or you're like Jim Jones and you're both and, and a whole bunch of people die. Right. He, he was not uh, very, very charismatic, but he, he is very smart. And he's one of those people that he's not the type that goes around being like, I've got a 200 IQ, by the way, and blah, blah, blah. But he makes sure that people know that he's got a 200 IQ. And then when they... got a t-shirt and he just wears a t-shirt on. Yeah. Uh, and then when they ask him about it, like, oh, so you're, you're like a genius. What's that like? And that, so then he can be like, what does genius really mean? I'm just somebody that looks at problems in the world and tries to find ways to solve them because I believe that's the way that I can give back to the world. And then people can go, oh my God, he's so benevolent. Listen to this guy. But anything he says also where he'll be like, yeah, and I don't know. It's just like, God, you know, who you, you're either going to listen to me or the Dalai Lama. And all these people are like, it's like, that's not a joke. You're just laughing at anything this guy says. It's like he has, it, th that's his laugh track. Okay. Um, is that why we got off on That's this? how we got to that, Holy by the way, shit. is I was trying to say making people laugh on command is a cult leader thing. My and God. I've seen it on TV for seven episodes now. What a ride. So, yeah, I'm starting a cult if you would like to join because I've learned all the best strategies for recruiting. Sure. From this show. Yeah. It's kind of a step-by-step -step guide. Yeah. Um, and then eventually you get sex slaves and you get arrested and that's just part of the thing. Yeah. Um, is part of your cult dressing as if you worked at a Tommy Bahama clothing store? I wouldn't say necessarily Tommy Bahama clothing store. I would say if I'm a guy who bought some Tommy Bahama stuff from a thrift store and also wore them with my New Balance and Shin High socks to my volleyball. So you're like a cool practice. dad. Exactly. Yeah. He is very much a cool dad vibe who made women brand his initials near their pelvic region and have Yikes. sex with him. Um, Keith Raniere is his name. Um, but anyway, you should watch the show. It's crazy. Do I have to? Cause you just walked me through the entire thing. I mean, there's been seven hour long episodes and that was five minutes from me. God. So this, uh, like I said, I, I think it's, it's fine. It's a fine show. This new version of the weakest link. The game is interesting. There's some appeal to that voting people off the island type of strategy. Mm -hmm. I think this originally debuted right around the same time as Survivor originally debuted. So that was, you know, part of the cultural zeitgeist. We've everything 
all the reality shows or whatever now there's people being voted off it's yeah. obviously we like that we like voting people well off that's of our things. thing democracy is the backbone of america and we like voting and voting counts and get hey guys also tweeting just remember to get out and vote okay because elections are coming up that's true and it's so because you know what i really liked a lot was the aggressive i think it was early 2000s campaign vote or die vote or die or just tweet some angry stuff right tweet same that you're gonna vote does make does it seem like the you're exact same uh does the exact same um so yeah i think i think it, it it's fine i i just i think maybe it can adapt over time to improve to become better okay i we'll think jane lynch needs to needs to adapt though okay what are what are your opinions on how this show could be better the new version can be better in my opinion if jane read the questions faster i liked the hurried feeling that Ann Robinson did by reading the questions fast, I would have been horrible on the show because it was way too fast. And I felt flustered watching it. I saw a lot of, can you say that again? What was that? Like when people were were under pressure and couldn't quite process the yeah. question. So that's too far in my opinion because that kind of kills the vibe. So maybe a little bit slower, but okay. I liked that hurried pace. I think that Jane spoke definitely clearer, right. but it was a, a much more slowed down, subdued. Okay. I think that you need to throw in a quick insult mid-game if the contestant misses a question. Like, well, before like, moving on to the next uh, question, what, what is, uh, like, that? wow, you didn't know that one? Yeah, or just like, like idiot, next. Right. And like, just a quick one word, dumbass. Something okay. like that, I think would be Instead fine. of just r- wrong. Right. Got it. Uh, I need, think she needs to have a British accent. She, she should do it in a British accent? I think she needs to do it in a British accent. I don't know if this exactly was one of the charm or qualities of the old version I think made it work better. But I say throw it on, slap it on, try it out, and let's see if it works better. All right, Jane, if, you, uh, if you're listening and you need any work on your British accent, I have a high school theater level British accent. Did you ever use a British train? accent in a play? Maybe. I don't remember. What about La Madeleine? La Madeleine? Sorry. <laughs> the sandwich shop? I had a croque monsieur there just the other day. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Um, no, that's, you know, French. And I was, it's all I mean, sung. What's the it's all sung. And British people sing in an American accent for some reason that makes no goddamn sense to me. Why are you singing in an American accent? He is punching the desk. Why does Adele sound exactly the same as Beyonce? But when they talk, she says, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that's how she says it. But that's not how she sings it. She says, thank you. Like that. For being a friend. Yeah, she, sings, she does a great cover of that. <laughs> Uh, and then w- one more is the weakest link that is voted off should be verbally shamed the entire walk of shame out through the thing. Okay, so the By whole everybody. time they're walking out, should be everybody, everybody is coming up with like their own Like it's a Coliseum singers. and the, the What about the, the crowd? What everybody... about when we get into times where crowds are allowed again? Should they participate as well? Should um, they be throwing stuff? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should be. Th- you know, like there's a theater in Dallas area. Pocket Sandwich Theater. Yeah, where you get to throw popcorn. Yeah. I mean, it should be a li- it should be like marbles, like a little bit heavier. Okay. But not fatal. No, okay. like they should be able to throw from the audience and then the people in the inner circle, the other contestants are yelling, should be able to just insult verbally just rip them. as they walk away. Okay. Those are your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, uh, practical suggestions. Um, they kind of removed the timer in the original version. There was always the timer on the screen telling you how much time was left. 
In this one, it's not there until there's like 20 seconds left. Okay. And I don't like that. I want to know how much time is left. I want to, especially because sometimes people take a really long time going, uh, when they're not going to get the answer. Right. Um, and like that one, uh, the model on the first episode when asked like, what African-American director of, who is the African-American director of the Hayden Planetarium and famous astrophysicist? Yeah. And she was like, uh, for five seconds. And then she went, Albert Einstein. Yeah, that was bad. Um, yeah, the answer. Say don't know. Right, exactly. Because Albert Einstein is not African-American. Correct. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Or an astrophysicist. Is. Um, so it's just, I want to know, like, hey, look, this woman is wasting eight seconds. I want to see that in the corner of the screen. You want to have a... Hard quantitative measurement of how dumb this person exactly. is. Exactly. Okay. 100%. Um, some spicier suggestions. Well, my first thought spicier? is... Spicier? Yes, spicier. I okay. want to spice things up a little bit. My first thought is, this show is called The Weakest Link. Mm-hmm. Is there it's some way... The Weakest Link. Yeah, sorry. It's called Weakest Link. Mm-hmm. Is there some way we can chain these people together? Is there a way we can have a literal representation of what this show is about? <laughs> Like and, like the chains that you would make in elementary school, the paper chains? No, I want like the chains, like I want everybody to have an ankle bracelet with like chain, they are like, in like prison. in prison, exactly. Okay. Um, and then, you know, somebody has to when you get eliminated, somebody has to come out with a big uh hot iron to, you know, melt break okay. through break through. Actually the, adjust the strength of the, the chain itself. Yes, exactly. Okay. To weaken the chains because you are the weakest link. This is the weakest link right here. Boom. Yeah. I want that physical representation. I'm a very visual thinker. Okay. Um my other suggestion and this is a winner. Trapdoors. You know, you've got the walk of shame. You 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 want to spice up the walk of shame. Let's get rid of the walk of shame. Yeah. Let's get some trapdoors. I don't want public votes to be seen either because they'll, wow. because they'll do, I voted for Todd, Carol, whatever. And so you see up oh, Carol's name got said three times. She's going to be eliminated. Yeah. I want to see like, and let's find out who the weakest link is. And then a trap door happens and that person just foom into a swamp infested with alligators. Oh, it's actually a swamp underneath. Yes. Okay. And so that's like a little bonus segment right there is, can they get out of the swamp? So time? there's like GoPros down there that yeah, show yeah, the yeah. person and they, struggling. And they've got to book it to shore. Or being eaten. Right. Um, so I think that will... And, and then you can still see who everybody voted for and get their reason. Like, yeah, I voted for Carol because she looked like she wouldn't be able to get away from the alligators or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, so that guy voted for somebody who couldn't get away. So that person wanted to see somebody get eaten by alligators. May, yeah, I mean, wow. that guy's a dick. I agree. But but yeah, I think I think if we've got some trapdoor situation where the people... And you know, if you don't... Like, I don't know what NBC's insurance situation is like. So if you don't <laughs> want to go with the alligator-infested swamp, you can still have like a little slide or a padded thing that yeah. they can land on down there. I think just the visual effect of seeing somebody disappear yeah. from your view through a trapdoor is always or just maybe just like a uh, like a whole bunch of angry geese. The prestige instead um, of an alligator, yes. you know? They're just getting something attacked. not fatal, it's but a, it a goose is going to peck at you. It's going to for sure. What? And <laughs> so you know what angry it's goose turn into noise? A pterodactyl. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what pterodactyls sound like? Did yeah, you like live raptors. with the dinosaurs? Like a lot like raptors. Yeah, that's true. Um so yeah, I think that's how you I love that suggestion. I'm 100% on board for that. Even I think that's if how it's you spice a, it up. even if it's a little weak 
padded. Si- I still want right. to see trap somebody. Door. I think I trap love doors. that they don't know either. Somebody just randomly, foomp, is so they like they they tell all of them like you have to back up and take your hands off your podium. Right. And they just have to get like in a position as if they were all going together. Yeah, exactly. And then somebody goes down through the trap door. Wow. I think that spices it up. Do we have a, a game to play or something? I said, you have no cards over we there. We do not have. Well, I have I have three suggestions for different uh, phrases instead of you're the weakest. Oh, link. okay. So this so is, I've got this three. Is a nice I I'm glad I noticed the no cards so that we didn't miss this. Yeah. So is this a technical lightning round? Should we do a pause for the lightning round? Uh, Let's. I'm going to put the lightning round sound in. It's a lightning round. What? I already did. Okay. Okay, so these are three just suggestions I did. You are the stupidest moron. Leave. Okay. You have the smallest brain. Go die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we appreciate your time and effort today. Good try. Ooh. So more of a lighter, nicer yeah. tone. I like. I personally like. I like the go die one. I like this. You have the smallest brain. Go die one. Yeah. I think that works. But you know, I think. Well, I think we should focus group these. Um, if you've got a vote, make sure to contact us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, Twitter. at come on down show or email us at come on down show at gmail, gmail.com. Or you can comment on YouTube where we post each one of these episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and let you us can know. check out the visual representation of Baker's shirt for the joke that I made of the Tommy Bahama situation. Oh, that was a joke on me. Correct. Oh, okay. This yeah. is not a Tommy Bahama shirt. This is a heritage. Bobby Bahama. This <laughs> is lesser known, <laughs> much less successful brother who doesn't own a clothing store slash bar and grill. Yeah, it's weird. Very weird. Anyway, um, this episode is brought to you by Flybys mm-hmm. and Tommy Bahama. Um, we want to thank them both for their p- participation. Jane Lynch, best of luck making this show better because I think it could use a little bit of work. Um, And until next time, you all are the stupidest, smallest brains. Go Go die. die.